Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Drew with a special episode of my other podcast that I co-host regularly. And uh, it's Weekly Comic Spotlight over at John Mayo's comic book page. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I wanted to give you a chance to listen to it. It's a standard review show of uh, a Marvel, a DC, and an independent comic. Uh, each week. So uh, check this out. And if you like it, go over there and subscribe or check out uh, those those episodes. They're a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening. Um, here you go. This is Weekly Comics Spotlight 524 for comics originally released on August 23rd, 2017. Now, starting us off in DC is Batgirl number 14. This is uh, part one of a new story arc. And it is guest starring Nightwing. So uh, when when you suggested, hey, let's do this, I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I love uh, seeing Batgirl and Nightwing team up. I think they're just a, a fun couple of characters. And this had a, a, a kind of the main story in the present day, and then flashbacks to around the time Batgirl and the Dick Grayson Robin were first meeting. So seeing them at two very different points um, was a lot of fun. One of the things I noticed about that was they, they did a retcon um, of Batgirl to where she was sporting a domino mask at the beginning instead of the full bat mask cowl or whatever you would call it. It's not really a big deal, but it was a distinct change, and I'm curious why they made that. Either way, it works. I'm that a... was not her original mask then. No, no. She started out with the full Batman-style mask, so she never had with the just around the eyes and all the hair showing and all that. I mean, you could see the hair through it, but it was very similar to what she wears nowadays. Is the Robin costume uh, close enough to on-brand, or is it uh, they made a few tweaks there, too? Oh, they definitely made tweaks. This one is more like Tim Drake's than Richard Grayson's. Uh, He doesn't have the short pants. He's got, it looks like, a bazillion pouches all over his sleeves and stuff. The kind of yellow tick marks or whatever... Um, on the torso are just kind of kind of strange. It's yeah, I didn't got... remember it that way, but I thought maybe I just missed an era. No, no, this is a, a kind of a new version of it. It's not bad, but it's it's not classic. Um, it again harkens back to the Tim Drake costume and a few other kind of eras. Um, it's if only right. there was if only there was a source material of some of those eras that they could refer to or maybe a who's who guide of some sort that could could really show what those costumes look like you know if if that didn't work we could i don't know somehow network together a bunch of computers to where you could put a query out there and yeah and and just figure out you know what robin's costume might have looked like and you know again it's not a big deal it's it felt more tim drake than uh than Dick Grayson, but so you're you're chalking it up to artistic license and not um, some other some plot reason why they're different. Artistic license, possibly bad research, but I'm going to go with artistic license and maybe the current sensibility that the original Robin costume that was created back in what the late 30s, early 40s is a wee bit dated. Which okay, I'll grant. Um, whether there's a story reason for this, don't know. Um, it doesn't bother me because this is really the first time I think, well, no, I'd actually have to compare it to what we've seen in Titans and, um, what was it? Titans Hunt or whatever it was, where they got into some of the new 52 backstory for the Teen Titans. 
Because in that one, I think we saw the traditional Robin costume. So while it didn't bother me, I think it is potentially a, a continuity error. But again, like I said, it didn't really bother me. If they held true to how the characters, you know, have, have classically looked, I'd have been fine with that too. Yeah. You know? And this, uh, this Ainsley Wells um, that plays pretty heavily, uh, big character? Might be a new character. I don't recognize the character. Okay. But I'm thinking with the name Ainsley, I should. But the only one that's coming to mind was, uh, I want to say Velvet Tiger or whatever that had a, a time dilation thing, but it's not that character. So I'm assuming new character. Okay. Or, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, I just don't remember. Not one that rang any bells. Okay. Um, but I like how they've got a sense of, of history as if it had always been this way. But that's kind of a double-edged sword because it hasn't always been this way. Um, typically, this kind of flashback between what was, what is, and a past thing having huge ramifications in the modern day. A little tiring, but it's it's a tried and true te- technique. Here, it was well done, and the interplay between uh, Batgirl and Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing was well done in both time frames, um, so I enjoyed it. Um, typically, I'm not a fan of profanity in comics, but I will admit the uh, the use of it, while I think a little out of character for Batgirl, when she used it referring to Robin and stuff at the football field, it was funny. So they get points for humor. I question if that's the appropriate sort of a thing for a rated T for teen title like this, but it was funny. So now, um, I, I thought the art was really, really nice. Uh, Chris Wild Goose did the pencils, and uh, Jose Marzan Jr. did the inks over top of those. Uh, and so I, I usually give credit to the penciler when I like the art. I assume they do the most of the heavy lifting, but you, but I, I'm not I'm not 100 on that. It's possible that the inker does a little more to to clean things up, but. I really thought it was it did a really good job of of going back and forth, and in particular, I like the, the the color change, the color palette changing from uh, one time to the other, and I it felt it was really seamless. and And then Hope Larson's uh, story, I thought, really worked well, and and went back and forth, and and sometimes that can get be jarring or confusing, or 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 not as effective. But I thought it was effective here. It was well done, and I thought the color palettes, well, they did a good job differentiating the time frames it wasn't kind of jarring or or oh my god this is a, a you know a blue tone color palette sort of a thing it is it's just not in in your face inappropriately so yeah it just it just it felt like a more of a retro color palette which i think was what they were going for so it, it worked for me mm-hmm. no it was fun it was good um i would credit chris wild goose with uh with the art uh not trying to downplay the inker but typically if the inker does a lot more than just kind of the inks and is kind of flushing out a bit more. They're, they're referred to more as a, a finisher, given a little bit more credit there. Gotcha. Uh, but that's that's expectation here. Don't know if it's the case. Either way, I enjoyed the art. It fit the characters. It fit the story. Um, I don't recognize Chris Wild Goose as, a, as an artist. Uh, I don't recognize that name. No, me neither. And sure enough, somebody is going to post on the forum or email me that I've read probably three dozen books by this guy. And that's entirely possible. Uh, the names don't always stick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I probably haven't, which means it's now four dozen books the guy's done that I've read. Um, so either way, it's it's fun stuff. It's good, and I'm looking forward to where they go here. Um, yeah, it was to me. This is a good way to use continuity. These characters have a history. You're able to to play with it and have some fun character interactions and. 
touch a little on kind of current events, even if just tangentially, of what's going on on the Nightwing title and uh, stuff like that. So you can use continuity to move a story forward without being weighed down by baggage or something. Um, and I think this is the sort of thing that if somebody is a fan of Batgirl, hasn't been reading Nightwing, they may come out of this thinking that maybe they should check it out, which is a win, I think. Yeah, and, and as we saw when uh, they crossed over in the New 52 uh, Batgirl and Nightwing for issue four, they they crossed over, and you know the other the fans of the other character chased after uh, that book, and it was it, it kind of gate was an on ramp for for the other other side to to kind of see that interplay, and I think this is a good idea because yeah, you know maybe you're not a normal reader of Batgirl, but you you're a big fan of Nightwing, so you're going to check this out or sample it or whatever, and you really get a sense of who these characters are together and their chemistry and friendship and, and a sense of their history. And it, it really, it really worked on the page and um, it really translated into a, a nice story and a good start to this arc. This is the kind of thing, if they were to do a TV show set in Gotham, starring the whole Bat family, not just say like a young Bruce Wayne or something. Um, this is the kind of story that I think would be worth adapting. Not so much for the plot. The plot's fine, but it's not, oh my god, you've got to tell this story. It's amazing in terms of the plot. But the character interactions are so well done. You know, and if you had actors that could, both as the younger and the current age version, pull it off well, it's it's the kind of thing that, again, builds up that, that fandom and uh, attachment to the characters because you feel you really get to know them as people, not just as plot devices. Well, since you're 22 episodes behind on Gotham, how do you know they didn't do that? Because that is set <laughs> probably uh, five, six years before either of them are born. It does. They could do it. They could do it. It'd have to be a flash forward to flash back. Um, but yes, I'm a season or two behind on Gotham. So I I don't think they're going there. But we're getting a Titan series, I believe. Um, don't know that they'll go there in that show either. But there's also Young Justice. So maybe there. That's actually the more likely place. Because they've they've done a little with those characters um, over on that show in the past. Um, for me, this was a solid B. It was great fun. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, if you're a fan of one of the two characters, you really ought to ought to check it out and sample the other title. Yeah, I'm I'm a little higher. I had an A minus. I really enjoyed this. Um, one of the things too that stuck out was this uh, supporting character Ainsley Wells. I thought she was super interesting really likable and so i really want to know how how this turns and what happens and what what causes her to maybe be a different character down the road and follow more of this flashback and more history and i hope that continues throughout this arc but i thought this was really great way to uh bring me back into this title so because i haven't been reading it since its launch and um, give me a, a sense of fun and enjoyment enough to want to stick around and, and keep going with it. I, I think they did a really good job as a jumping on point And, uh, uh, I, I would, I would definitely recommend this to others. Mm -hmm. No, I can, I can definitely see all that. I'm not sure if Ainsley is still alive in the present day, but it, whatever happened, it boded not well. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious where they go with that. And I hope it's got some solid payoff. Yeah. With that, shall we move on to our Marvel book? Sure. This is Cable number four. Now, I have, uh, I'm behind on my reading, 
So I had read the first issue of this before I'd gotten behind on my reading, I think. And then I read issues number two and three before reading number four. Um, are you following this book on a, a regular basis? No. Okay. Have you read the other three issues? No. All right. As a service to you and the listeners, I'm going to do a recap of issue two and three for you. Because I've, I've just read them. I took a few notes. Okay. Um, and, you know, bear with me as I go through the minutiae and the details, but I think it's relevant to this issue <laughs> to, to fully understand those past issues. Cable fights. Uh, yeah, in issue two, it was a somewhat pointless fight scene in uh, 1543 Japan. Issue three, it was a pointless fight scene in 1121 uh, Mayan Civilization, followed by some much-needed exposition. Now, often I don't refer to exposition as much-needed. In this case, it was. Because we get here and we have a somewhat pointless fight scene in, what, 1906 Russia. Thank God they got it out of their system in issue two and three and didn't go back to the well again. Oh, wait a minute. They did. If I hadn't read three and gotten that exposition to figure out what is the MacGuffin of a plot here, I'd be like, what? what's going on? I'm still like, why should I care? This title is heavy on action. And I'm going to put action in quotes because it's it's fight scenes. It's It's not even... Like summer blockbuster, wow, that was a really impressive, you know, car chase or whatever they did. Um, it's light on plot. The plot we got is is strictly through exposition for the most part. Conquest is this would-be time manipulator. But he strikes me as the kind of guy that, like, Kang or somebody would just kind of swat out of existence without even really noticing. Say, oh, you're messing with time. Pfft, be gone. You no longer ever existed. Um... But instead, he's got Cable chasing him through time as they go after, what is it, the the Time Sword. Ooh. The whole thing is a roller coaster ride of a comic book, which is, you know, a comic that's fun to read, but it really doesn't leave you with a whole lot after the ride. It's like, it's fun while you're on it, but the minute you're done, it's like, well, okay. You know, it was fun while it lasted, it's over. It's not bad. Just not particularly deep or meaningful or anything of the sort or insightful to the characters or anything. If a roller coaster was you jumped midway down the hill and just kept falling and got bored falling uh, because it, <laughs> so you're it came, equating it to skydiving without a parachute, I see something like that. Um, uh, I think the uh, the art by Ildre Sinar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that's how it goes. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to see good. me correct you. <laughs> it was 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 solid. It was solid it art. It was great art. Yeah. Um. But James Robinson's script here uh, feels like I I I don't know how many words would be on the page uh, for the artist. Um. Maybe maybe one eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper for and that just said uh, Cable and this guy fight for a while and I'll fill in dialogues later. Um. It it, it it was pointless. It it wasn't enjoyable back and forth. Um, I this I, I haven't been reading it, so I did. But I, I this is what I would expect, I think, from this book. Um, it, I don't I don't really like these kind of fifth band pal books, so it doesn't do much for me. Um, I don't care anything about the, the the quest for the sword and the pieces and let's put it back together. Um, it it did a poor job of making that seem like something fantastic and and oh by the way look who knows where the last piece is and and isn't that exciting I, I was really disappointed in what this thing had to offer and 
yeah, I will. I won't read any more of these. I really wish you'd read number three because three's fight scene was rather short and completely pointless, followed by a happenstance meeting between Cable and this this quote unquote priest of of the Mayan civilization who spent most of the issue in excruciating detail telling, well, the sword was split into five pieces. It was cast about through time. You know, all of this stuff that gives a semblance of a plot here. Did that, did it really resonate with you? Oh, no, not at all. It was incredibly (laughs) boring and stuff, but it was a different kind of a boring than we have here. And again, this is action trying to, to wow us with almost pyrotechnics or whatever. And when I read the second issue, it's like, I don't have a context for this fight because I've, I've forgotten the first issue. And by the time, you know, I get to the fourth or whatever, it's like, okay, I've gotten the basic idea. They're going to bounce through time. They're going to fight. They're going to bounce through time. And when I've seen, and this is not a new thing for Cable either. He's done this before. But typically it's to protect uh, Hope that uh, the last mutant before she wasn't the last mutant anymore or other things of that sort where there was a, a an actual overriding reason to go do this other than I don't trust this guy to monkey with time. I mean, there's an entire page here that pretty much consists of Cable having dropped his gun, spotting his gun, picking up his gun, uh, gritting his teeth, and then shooting a few times. That's a, that They spent a full page on that. And it's, it's, it's nice. I like the art. It's just there's so little story elsewhere in the book that I think they're taking a very talented artist here and wasting it on a nothing of a story. And that, yeah. that bothers me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I'm sure this is not worth a six-issue story arc and a trade. Uh, I'm sure this story is not that substantial and probably could have been told in one or two issues and is being uh, decompressed and to its detriment. And uh, it, the, the good thing about... Uh, a story like this, if it's over two issues, it's over in two issues mm. and, you, and you can get on to something else uh, when they go down a road that's not working, but you have to slog through for six issues to get out of it. I, I think it's a problem. It's really problematic. And and it's too bad. Editorial didn't say there's really not a lot of meat on this bone. Um, what else can happen? What else can we do? This is nonstop fights. And I don't know who wants to read this. Yeah, I think editorial should have pushed back a little on this. Uh, if it were maybe Kang instead of Conquest, that would at least raise the stakes because we know and care a little more about Kang than this new guy. But it's uh, it's not a good way to start a title. Uh, to your point, it's an entire trade worth of, of material before you get on to the next story. By that point, anyone who might have been thinking about getting the book isn't going to be. You know, you've missed that window. I think this was at least better than the previous two issues, but that was not a particularly high bar. This had at least enough of a combination of of something resembling a plot and story and action and some really nice art. Yeah. That it was it was an okay, it was a fun read, you know? It's just not one I would recommend. Certainly I wouldn't recommend jumping in in the middle of this story. This this no, it it doesn't hold up. But for me I'm going to go with a B minus. It's probably a little charitable. There are better cable stories to be had. Uh, there are worse cable stories to be had. This is one that if you've got some time to, to kill and you've got maybe the uh, Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, so you're not really paying for this specific issue, maybe. But even then, there's better stuff to read. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a D plus. I give it uh, the plus because of the art. And so um, uh, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want anybody else to read it. And uh, move move along. Yeah, that's fair. So our next book is Generation Gone number two. This is by Image Comics. This is one where I read the uh, press PDF of both the first and the second issue because I apparently don't have enough comics to read otherwise. That first issue was a whopper, wasn't it? Like 50 pages? The PDF weighs in at 56. We'll take a few out for the cover or something, but yeah. Um, actually, the story starts on the cover. I'm not even going to take that out. I'm going to say yes, definitely. 56, it's a whopper. I, I had really mixed feelings on this in so much as the first issue, tons of exposition. And the basic concept is you can get superpowers by reading computer code. I can tell you from first-hand experience, having read a lot of computer code, it does not work that way. Probably a good thing. I've met a lot of coders. By the time we get to the second issue, and we've got these three young hackers getting superpowers, one has flight, one has durability, one has uh, powers to be determined later, maybe? I don't know. Yep. The story was okay. The characters seemed a little vaguely defined. I mean, there are aspects where I think I know them better than I think I really do. Um, it's only two issues in, so I'm not expecting tons. I, I'm not expecting their life story. But again, that first issue's, you know, over double size or whatever, so they had the space to tell us some stuff. This is, it's not bad. It's not brilliant. It's one of those where I don't feel these characters did anything particularly I don't even want to say intelligent, but but goal-oriented in any way, shape, or form once they discovered they had superpowers. And these are three people that just hacked into the government database to show that they can, and are thinking about going and, and, you know, hacking into a bank and stealing money and stuff. They've got goals, they've got motivation, they've got ideas, or so we're told. I just, there was something about these three lead characters that didn't really click with me, and then on the government side, we've got the person who essentially gave them the powers and the guy he works for. The guy he works for feels like a almost cookie-cutter, military, you know, general leader, you know, whatever sort of a thing. Uh, you could almost put Thunderbolt Ross or or something like that there. Um, so I didn't really connect with him. And then the guy who gave him powers, it's like the whole thing was kind of ill-defined. He was asking for mission, but kind of going to do it anyway, so I don't get his motivation. It's not a bad comic. I just couldn't find something I could really kind of hang my hat on and say, you know, I really like this part of it. Um, nothing really clicked with me the way I wanted it to. I'm two issues in and I'm not hooked. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, Alescott, I like some of his stuff. I really enjoyed his Zero uh, series, but uh, some of his subsequent work I didn't care for, didn't work for me as well. And I really enjoy the Andre Lima Arahu Araho art. Uh, uh, it it reminds me a little of Frank Quietly, and mm, I can see that. And I love that style. Really clicks with me. Um, the three the three hackers. We have Elena, we have Baldwin, and we have Nick. Um, Elena and Baldwin, I like a lot. I'm really rooting for them. Um, Nick is so unlikable. He's so unlikable that it's it's almost puts you out of the story there's no way she should be with him uh she should not take his verbal abuse and whatever else abuse that, that is involved with him he he just seems horrible i don't know how they're friends well it's and, like they've set him up to be the supervillain. yeah uh, he's just he's just so really he's really so awful that it's it's tough to take and i really want that to get to a conclusion quickly because he needs to go 
somehow. Um, I like the Aiko character. Um, you know, he's got something going on. He's got this grand plan and, and there's some loss in his past, uh, family loss in his past. And it, it seems to be dr- a driving motivator for him. Um, that I find that interesting and I want to keep, I want to see what his end game is. I think that's going to be fun to explore. Um, I, I don't kind of like the, um, big bad government agency again as the foil, but, um, I get it. I, I'm not sure I'd a hundred percent buy these three kids as super hackers. Um, but I'm willing to suspend my disbelief a little bit there and, and hope that they, they prove it out, uh, in other ways down the road. And, uh, I'll, I'll let that one slide, but yeah, a few, a few characters I really, really like. Um, and I think the art's fantastic. So, um, this is something that's, that's definitely made its way onto my pull list and uh, I'm really enjoying it. I think we just came at it from different angles for me. It's not bad, but it doesn't feel like essential reading for me. I didn't, uh, gravitate towards any of the characters the way you did. And I think that's, that's part of it, but also, if these are computer programmers, I mean, there's an aspect of problem solving that goes with that. They have superpowers. The way they seem to test them and play with them just seems, I don't know, childish would be the way to put it. Uh, she can fly. Let's see if we can fly to the sun. Well, that's not really smart, you know? And I, I feel that some of the story has been withheld so far and that we're going to get some major revelations about Baldwin's past. You know, does he have a family? What's going on with him? That sort of a thing. Um, and I, I really don't have a sense for what direction this title's going in. If I were at a point where my pull list felt like it needed some things added to it, yeah, I could see maybe adding this. But I'm not there. I got no, not, more not, than enough to read. Not with cable on the list. I mean, you know, oh you yeah, can't, of course. You can't, you can't you can't get kick, kick cable off for something else. There's no way. Flip side, the art on cable worked for me a lot better than this did. Gotcha. Um, I gravitate more towards that kind of a style than this. There's some places where the proportions feel a little off, the anatomy not so great. I mean, nothing horrible. It's just got a little bit more of, and again, the, uh, uh it's, 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 it's just a different art style is the way to put it. Yeah. I, I kind of like the way the guy, uh, goes the extra mile on crowd scenes. Um, there, there are some large crowds and protesters in a few scenes and there are very, various distinct body types and and ethnicities and um it really kind of went the extra mile in to render that where you could probably get away and i've seen people get away with much much less detail so i appreciate stuff like that those kind of touches when uh they they add extra things uh and and to flesh out the scene and flesh out the room um flesh out the panel even though your eyes might only linger on it for a millisecond and you move on. I, I appreciate that, that. And uh, I think, I think he has um, really has the chops. I'll definitely give you that. There are other artists we've seen that would have gotten a lot lazier or not lazier, uh, efficient. Let's go with efficient uh, on the crowd scenes and been a bit more Spartan on the, the amount of lines they put on the page there. Not the case here. Uh, there's a definite effort to, to fully render what's going on uh, give the, the backgrounds their due and stuff like that. And I do appreciate that. Um, I just, I couldn't help feel that this general looked a little too much like J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Um, and that didn't help. Yeah. yeah or, um, army from, uh, full metal jacket. Uh, you know, it, I think it's, it's gone for that 
archetype. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it seemed very, very cliched. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you that. But all in all, I, I really, I, there's a lot to like here. Um, and the fact, you know, that that first issue was, I don't know, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, I don't know, um, but fifty some pages, and to really kind of give you some meat to decide if you're going to like it. And then I thought the second issue, I think, is really followed up well and continued the story well and really advanced the story in in a way that uh, I'm really interested in see where it going is going. Um, I'm curious how long we're going to play out this jerk. Uh, character and and how long we're gonna let him hang around uh but i i want to i want to see that and, and hope it plays out quickly but but for me i i had tons of fun with this and i gave it a b plus and i hope uh hope people check it out uh the first one was um 4.99 and i think starting it with a longer issue giving it a little bit of time to kind of build up was a smart move um i'm glad we checked this out i enjoyed reading it just not enough to say yeah i've got to to get this uh, I'm going to go with a, a B minus. Um, I do think that your point about the uh, the one character just being so dislikable, they've got to do something with that quick. Either make him likable, which is, I don't think, the right move, or do something with him, have him turn into the supervillain, or whatever direction they want to go, but do something soon. Um, either way, though, I've got enough on my pull list. I'm not planning on sticking around for that. If it does... Do some interesting stuff, though, and is worth me checking out again, let me know. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying I'll never revisit this title. It's just right now uh, didn't make the cut to get added to a fairly crowded poll list. I've been there. Speaking of which, I've done some reading. All right. Since we last uh, recorded a week ago, I've read, I believe, 181 comics. Um, I'm current on the Marvel Universe. I'm still current on the DC Universe. There are plenty of other books that have been published by Marvel and DC I've still got to read. I've still got, I think, 200 and... Let me double-check. 265 comics to read? Yeah. Quite a dent. Uh, serious dent, but there's still still a large pile. Uh, don't know if you saw the chart I had uh, put on the forum today uh, as we record this. Nope. I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, I'm trying to, to update the, the, the... I'm behind on my reading thread on the forum uh, on Tuesdays. Just because it's a good kind of, you know, break point in my reading because we pause, we record, that sort of a thing. And then there's a new box tomorrow. <laughs> I'm attributing the boxes to Friday, even though they come on the, the Tuesday, just because I don't get them until Friday. But that was one of those things that this past weekend with uh, Hurricane Harvey visiting town, um, normally I would have done stuff with my sister. We'd have watched some TV, maybe recorded some episodes, whatever, but it was just kind of sloppy out. Uh, we're in Austin, Texas, so we've only gotten kind of the edge of Hurricane Harvey. It has not hit us anywhere near like it's done Houston or some of these other places. We've been very fortunate on that. Um, but it made it a good weekend to just kind of stay in and, and get some reading done. So I did at this point. I think it's at the point where we could probably start reviewing pretty much whatever we'd want over at Marvel and DC, because either it's part of the mainstream continuity and I'm current, or I'm close enough that I could get up to speed on that title or whatever. So I feel a lot better about that. Uh, I'm just at the point where there are so many different narrative continuities that I'm following that, you know, it's it's going to take me a little bit to get back up on, on all of them. Um, but at this point, there's only... Th- 
three that I'm significantly behind on, i.e. more than a dozen issues. Doctor Who, because of course there's so many Doctors. Uh, Star Wars, because there's so many Star Wars titles. And, uh, and Valiant. Most of the rest of it, each title is more or less its own narrative continuity, and that's kind of how I've been slicing and dicing to make it a manageable process. So I'll be chipping away at it as I have time, but it may be a while before I'm completely and totally current, because now the challenge is, as a new box comes in, keeping up on Marvel and DC Universe, and chipping away at what's coming out, or what else I'm behind on, you know what I mean. Seems like a good plan, though. Seems to be working. Just uh, plenty to be reading, uh, a lot of stuff out there, and um, some of it benefits from uh, kind of marathoning through, some of it not so much. Uh, I think, uh, like my feelings on, on the cable uh, title where... Pointless fight scene, move on to the next issue. You know, when you're reading a whole bunch of comics, you get a pretty good sense as to, does this one have enough meat, or was it just marking time between, so they could get to the next issue? Do any stand out as really working well in chunks, reading them in chunks? That's a good question. If you hadn't read 180 of them, would you be able to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) Probably would be able to tell you a little bit better. Um, A lot of them, uh, again, I was was hardcore going through the Marvel Universe uh, was a lot of it. And it really split kind of in uh, what's part of the um, the, uh, the Secret Empire stuff and what's not. And Secret Empire, they've done much better events. It's not hideous, but it's not one of those things where I'm coming out of it just amazed or anything. There were a couple of titles that part of the arc was good, one or two issues kind of fell a little flat, kind of Daredevil was a little that way. One of the issues of Elektra, of course, it was a five-issue series and now it's done. Defenders was uh, had a good issue or two. Daredevil, Thor, Weapon X, that... that uh, uh, weapons of Mutant Disruption, or whatever storyline that crossed between Weapon X and uh, Hulk was fun. I enjoyed that. But some of it just... Uh, Marvel's doing okay right now, they're just not doing many titles that are just, wow, this is amazing. Whereas DC has a few more of those, uh, like Detective and a few others, that are just kind of firing in all cylinders for me. Really good artist, really strong story, good one-two punch there. Marvel, I think, is is lost its way a little bit in terms of where it's going uh, narratively on a lot of titles, where it's going on its event stuff is kind of, you know, not working for me as well as I'd like. And I'm a huge Captain America fan, so a Captain America-centered event, and it's just kind of so-so, frustrates me. Um, or they're telling the wrong story, I think, is probably a better way to put it. It's just one of those things that, uh, with that legacy coming up, they need to, to they need a better game plan. It's not bad. It's just they're not swinging for the fences and hitting the home runs. So. If there were um, if there were cuts that needed to be made, if those this last batch of 180 were were any enough that you would just say oh, I could easily just cut this off and not not read it anymore? Yeah, there are a couple couple. Some of them are kind of taking care of themselves. Man Thing, Gotham Academy. Uh, if I had to cut over at DC, Hellblazer would probably be one of the first to go. It's funny because uh, one of the books we're going to be reviewing in a week or two uh, is a new title based on a title that was on my Should I Cut It list. <laughs> but when they not... came out with the new title, it's like, that's not, that story I'm interested in. So it gave it a little bit of a longer leash on life. Um, yeah, DC Comics Bombshells was the one I was thinking of cutting, but it ran its course. And then the new Bombshells United... 
uh, where they're hopefully playing with some different characters or whatnot, might be a little bit more to my liking, uh, might not be, don't know yet. That's one that I've got mixed feelings on because the the character designs are, are somewhat interesting. It's fun to see a different version of the characters, but some of the issues are good. Some of them, it's like an illustrated story where they're, they're narrating the story they would have told if they'd told the story. And some people may not understand what I'm saying there, but it's it's one of those where we don't see the story play out. We almost get a slideshow of the highlight reel. And that's that's a storytelling technique that I despise. Um, yeah. It's almost as bad as decompression, but in almost the opposite direction. I will say I was surprised by how many titles I would get to the end of an issue of, and they're like, yep, we're done. Like, not with the story, but the series. Um some of those I expected, some of those I didn't. Or you get to the end of Silver Surfer and you think, oh, that was a really nice end to the story. And then you see that the last page says, oh, there's 14's, uh, issue 14 is coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't always end when they should sometimes. And then I thought the uh, the uh, explanation, intro page or whatever to Spider-Man 2 that had to explain that in the five years since the first miniseries oh, they've smashed the universes together, so this story may not make as much sense as it once did. They didn't say that part, but that's, that's me editorializing. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff, but not that many that were just, wow, this is amazing, which is a shame to say during a Marvel event when I was reading a lot of the Marvel event and some other stuff, but there comes a point also where I think some of it is just I'm reading a lot, and some of it blurs together, some of it really heightens the this isn't that un, uh, unusual that that amazing or that different than everything else i'm reading i really like the miniseries itself um and I, I thought i think it was really well executed and fun and uh one of the better in in a lot of years from marvel so i i, I really liked it but it, it's not quite over yet so um we'll see so far it's been good secret empire itself has been all right i think they skipped over some story points they shouldn't have but it's trying to fit all the pieces of the tie-ins together. Some of it's nonsensical, some of it flat-out contradicts each other, but that's going to happen with a crossover event like that. It's it's nature of the beast. And I'm not even going to specify which beast, if that's the old one, the young one, the evil one from uh, Age of Apocalypse, or any of the other beasts they've got bandying about. (laughs) Let's see, preview's deadline, preview spotlight deadline is going to be September 9th, that's uh, bright and early the morning thereof. See, as we record this tomorrow, previews comes out. I've figured out my picks. I've still got to put them on the forum, I suppose. And then, let's see, the following Saturday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Central Time is when we're going to do our monthly comic book page teleconference. Had a really good discussion the last time around, last couple of months. It varies who's on and what we talk about, but it's it's great time to, you know, get questions answered or just hang out with other comic fans and, and shoot the breeze. So anything else? Or does that pretty much do it? Hey, I think that's it. 